God, that you would continue to expose the wolves that's within your body, Father. Yes. God, that we would be sheep who listen to the shepherd. God, may we never take for granted what you've given us to live out this life. You've given us the Holy Spirit. You've given us your word that is alive and active. And you've given us the body of Christ. Believers, Father, to walk this life out with. To hold the brethren accountable, Father. That we would resist the enemy. That we would humble ourselves before you, Father. And we know that when we do that, Father, that the enemy has to flee in the name of Jesus. That he has no power over us. Thank you, God, that you have set us on a sure foundation. The truth that Jesus is the Messiah. The lamb that was slain. He defeated sin and death, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So as we enter into this time, God, we come before you in fear and in trembling, God. But yet your word says that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Father, you are there. So as we come into your presence, as we abide in your presence, God, may we worship you in spirit and truth. May we hear the words today, Father. That come from your servant. May you strengthen your servant, God, as he brings this message forth. God, with boldness and courage, may you bless him indeed, Father. And may we be quick, Father, to respond however you would call us to, God. It is your name that is great. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I just come before you right now and I lift up this generation before you. Father, I ask you that you would call us all back to the ancient past. Jeremiah cries out, stand in the past and ask for the old ways. Where the good way is that you would find rest for your souls. God, I cry out for this generation. That it would not be the newest thing, God, the newest way to reach this group or reach that group. or The newest way to do this. But God, I, I pray that you would put a cry in this generation to look back onto our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, John the Baptist, God, the apostles, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I cry out in the cry that in the things that you did in their life. Father, I ask you that you would restore them in this day, God. Father, I ask you to give it to a whole generation where we would call out for the ancient paths. Father, that you would call us to the old ways and that we would that, God, we would be found with them in this hour, God. Father, we cry out, God, I lift my voice for a whole generation. And, Father, I ask you to sound the alarm in this generation. I ask you to awaken us up, God, to wake us all up to an urgency of the hour, God, to the urgency of the hour, and that you would awaken us, God, to the call of God in this hour. Father, wake us up. Jeremiah 6, 16, he says, Stand in the ways and ask for the old paths where the good way is that you would find rest for your souls. He says, but you were not willing. Therefore, those who come after you will be faster than you. God, I pray that there would be a willingness in this generation to stand in the paths and ask for the old ways, God. Jeremiah 18 cries out, you have forgotten me. You've forgotten me. You walk in pathways and not on the highways, the ancient paths. God, I cry out for the ancient paths. I cry out for the old ways, God, the good way. Father, I pray, God, that our generation would not be seduced and led away, God, by being relevant, God, by trying to fit in with this generation. But, God, we would cry out for the old ways, God, the old power, the old gospel, the way, God, of Jesus Christ hanging between heaven and earth on a cross. 
crying out. God, Father, I ask you that you would put this cry in a generation. God, I ask you that you would remove the delusion and the seduction, God, even in the church, of being found relevant, God, of trying to fit in. God, I ask you to destroy that and put a cry, raise up a grassroots cry for the old paths. God, I ask you for the anointing that was upon Jeremiah, the anointing that was upon Ezekiel, the anointing that was upon Isaiah, the anointing that was in them, God, that sought the, the paths of old. God, put it in this generation, God. Put it in this generation, God. Awaken a cry. Father, I cry, God. I ask you to awaken it within us, Lord. Call us from the north, the south, every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Call us back in this hour for the old paths. In the name of Jesus, amen.
sets free is free indeed. No longer bound, Father. We are in Christ. We have been liberated. We've been born again of a new nature. It's the work that you've begun in us, Father. We take no credit. It's all you, Lord. The glory belongs to you, Jesus. So we thank you for that. We thank you for the hope that we have in you. That hope will never disappoint us. So Father, I pray that we would be encouraged this day. For this is the day that you have made and you've called us to rejoice and to be glad in it. So I pray, Father, that we will put aside anything that tries to Overtake our thoughts and our hearts and our minds and our emotions this morning, Father. That we just lay it aside. That we would come and just sit at your feet. Longing to hear from you, Jesus. That you would breathe upon us afresh and anew. That you would give within us a greater hunger and thirst for righteousness for your name's sake. 
We thank you, Father, that those who are in Christ cannot be plucked out of Christ. Yes. We thank you, Father, that you've called us to abide in you. And that if we remain in you, Father, that we would mature, that we would grow, that we would bear fruit. Father, you know where we've been this week. You know where we've been this morning. But oh, how I pray, God, that we wouldn't walk out as we walked in. But that, God, that we would fix our eyes upon you, Jesus. The author and the perfecter of our faith. And we thank you for this, Lord. Thank you, God, for the privilege of being able to open your word. That is not take it for granted. For it's the living word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So thank you, Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 through 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. You're bought with a price. Your life is not your own. I'd like for you to reflect upon that. You look back over your past week. As you look of how you interacted with others, how you even interacted with yourself. Did you live out, did you walk out a life that doesn't belong to yourself? And then again, when we recognize that, oh no, I'm not measuring up. It's not about beating yourself up. It's not about you know, wallowing around in shame, guilt, and condemnation and wandering off from God. No, if you feel the conviction, if you realize there's areas in your life that, no, I live this week in charge, I'm in charge. Well, you need to humble yourself. You need to repent of that. Because you have been bought with a price, a high price. The blood of Christ. Your life is no longer your own. These just can't be words. Oh, they sound good. Oh, that's encouraging when I want it to be. No, these are life-giving words to people who have been enslaved to darkness, to death. Remember, before Christ, you were shackled in chains Your nature was a nature in complete rebellion towards light, towards truth. The enemy was your father. Your eyes were blinded. You desired really not to live because you were so bound to the temporalness of this life. And everything of this temporal world is dying. 
the very nature in which you were born in your flesh, all it knows to do is die. So it feeds off the very filth of this world to kill it. But God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever would believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of God and that He rose from the dead, that's not something you conjure up yourself. No, God is pleased to reveal your to you that truth in order to draw you to himself through Christ. The provision that he made to restore you back to himself, the created back to the creator. The created no longer longs for the created. The created now longs for its creator. And the means to get back to the creator is through himself, his son. shed His blood for us. Not only to forgive us of our sins, but to cleanse us. To cleanse us. You are forgiven. Everything about who you were, who you used to be, all of it is under the blood. So why are you back this week trying to pull up out of it? you got to ask yourself, you got to ask yourself, do you understand the value, the power of the blood of Christ? Lest we keep cheapening it and making it common. I've always given you this picture. Lest you just keep trampling it on it and just splashing it up on others. I said, it's nothing. Because you just have to have the bad attitude. You just have to give in to that indulgence. You just have to give in to the lies and the manipulations and the insecurities and the fears and the pain and the unforgiveness and the anger. Yoking yourself to everyone and anyone trying to meet your needs in this temporal world. When God is the only one who can satisfy you. And you only can be true to sat, truly satisfied in God through Christ. The risen King of Kings. And so when you compare your life as you ought to be daily. Search me, O God. Test me. See if there's any wicked way within me. Daily. Your life is no longer your own. You realize in and of yourself you cannot live this life in which you've been given in Christ. So why are you trying? That's why you must depend upon the Holy Spirit. This is a Spirit-filled walk. It was challenging us last week. Engaging with the Holy Spirit. He will only lead you to what Christ has called you to. He does not work outside of Christ. <laughs> because it's a God three in one. <laughs> he doesn't work outside of himself. <laughs> so you can trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're called to test the spirits. And so it's vital. 
you understand your Christian life. That you understand truly how great is our God. We discussed this on Friday night. And you've heard me say it over the years. As you see Him, so you'll live for Him. As you see Him, so you will worship Him. If He's just a small God, then your worship and your adoration towards Him is small. But if He's truly God, if He's truly who He says He is, if you truly can say, oh, I believe, and I believe all of this, it's just not a bedtime story. Like, I believe he parted the sea. Like, I believe he kept the lion's mouth shut. I believe he turned all of the enemies against themselves and they destroyed each other, and yet Jehoshaphat and his army survived. I believe that he rose from the dead three days later. Like, do you understand whom you're saying you believe in? Whom you're saying your God is? And then check your life this past week or even this morning. Again, it's not to put this weight of, of oh, I can never live this life. Because <laughs> that's just the flesh. It's just the reality that the church needs to be awakened to. How can we say we believe in this awesome God, this Great God! And yet crumble every time life blows up against us. Crumble because our anxieties and our cares and our unforgiveness and our, and our insecurities scream at us and we just crumble. We just yoke ourselves to anything and everything. And then we make excuses for it. And when we make those excuses, we demean him. We strip him of his power. He becomes nothing but common. Useless when we want him to be. But powerless when he doesn't move on our behalf. What are we doing? What are we doing? Like when you have the rightful understanding, the rightful picture and and position of God, just like, oh God. Like your decisions will be different. Your attitudes will be different. The things you're longing for, the things you're hungering for, the things you want to touch, the things you want to go after will begin to change. Not because you did some 12-step program. Because of God in you. Through the means of Jesus Christ, who gave his life for you, who paid for you, who now owns you, to restore you back to your creator. That's how you're to be living now. This is a new life. This concept of coming to Christ, coming to church, and putting Jesus on us. And now he does for us. That's not Christianity. It's doctrines of demons. 
conjuring up another lesser god to serve. And yet while all along the great god is looking down going, what are you doing? I have revealed myself to you time and time and time again. Oh, you celebrate me this hour, but why are you there the next? Oh, I, I show up and I provide, or I show up and I heal. I show up and I deliver this hour, but yet instead of remaining in me, now you're depending on that person to provide, that to give you comfort, this to satisfy you. And I'm just a means, just like everything else in your life. And I will be that for you. That's what he says. Because he's God. Lest we keep trying to bring him down. I've always told you we need him to be God. I need him to be God. I don't need him to be the God that I want to create him to be. I need him to be holy. I need him to be all-powerful. I need him to be all that he says that he is. And never will be. Because that's who delivered me. That's who will deliver you. That's who will transform you. I mean, if you think about it, and we keep talking about it, (laughs) all of these lesser gods out there, and some of them will even try to claim his name. That's why the Bible even says there's all these messiahs out there. But there's only one. And yet we keep trying to create him. It fascinates me. And yet we all do it. We ought not to do it. It's not an excuse. Oh, see, it's just because it's just just natural. So people do. No, it's sin. (laughs) And I've always said, and we've always talked about it, it's it's so crazy that we can't really just see it for what it is and go, oh my goodness. (laughs) But why it's so easy to live against him, all along pretending that we're with him. And yet it's so hard just to live for him. You would think living right would be easier. But it's not because you're behind the enemy line. And like I said on Friday night, he'll, the enemy uses this. God's very word to destroy you. See, this will either lead you to life or it'll lead you to deception. Depending on who you're listening to. Oh, the enemy doesn't mind you worshiping your little gods, your little idols, your little hand signals. The enemy doesn't mind you lighting your candles, doing your chonkers, looking at your auras, worshiping the angels, running amok, doing all the rules and the laws. To make yourself right and holy. I'm just working, I'm just working. I'm just working to be right with God. The enemy doesn't mind you even walling around 
in your weak, natural state that you somehow think is a sign of repentance. He doesn't mind you being overwhelmed and burdened with the weight of despair that you failed God. He doesn't mind. Because it leads to nothing. But when your eyes are open and you know you're God, oh no. You begin to have wisdom. They've always told you, you know you better than anyone else. You know, when you're even manipulating yourself, I've always said, it's not that you're deceiving others. It's just that you are deceiving yourself and you're believing your own lies. And the crazy thing is, is that you know you are. If you don't understand the battle that's raging for your soul, and you're involved in your own destruction, I mean, get that, take that with you tonight. You see, when I finally woke up years ago after the Lord revealed himself to me, and I realized the problem was not the, this realm, though it is an issue, and it's not this, yet though this realm, the world system, is an issue. These are two enemies. The greater enemy is me. Like when I woke up and I realized that I am bent for my own destruction. Because of my unforgiveness. Because of my insecurities. Because of the sin that I so easily entangle myself with. Because I demand it. Like when that reality slaps you in the face, you go, oh, wait a minute. What kind of nonsense am I living? What kind of nut am I? And this is for all mankind. Because we're all born sinners. Do you understand the deception that you're under? The weight of it. This realm, this realm, and this. Out, bent for your destruction. Eternal damnation. Once you take your last breath, oh, there's no repentance. And yet you'll still bow before Jesus. Because every knee's going to bow. Every knee. And at that point, oh, you can't say, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. No, no, your time's done. Oh, well, see, he's a bad God. No, 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 no. He's been a good God. <laughs> because he's a great God. He's purposed you. He formed you. He prepared you. He planned you. He placed you in your mother's womb. He's pursued you. Since you came out. And you have chosen to deny him. You can't blame God. It's you. It's you. And you've done it to yourself. It's not your ex. It's not your parents. It's not that person or this person. It's you. It's not my circumstances. I was born in a... No, it doesn't matter. Why do you think the enemy, especially in our generation, because it's been building from generation to generation to generation to generation, it will continue to run amok. You're not the problem. 
I mean, he even sends you to counselors. Oh, you're not the problem. It's your mother. Oh, no, it's, you're not the problem. It's your father. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're not the problem. It's just the means because you were born to this family. You see, it's everyone else. Oh, see, you have a right to, to decide whatever you want to be. Like, oh, if we don't wake up to see the delusion that is running amok. And it's getting stronger. The spirit of deception, the spirit of delusion is getting stronger. And that's why do you, why do you think in the Bible it tells us that in the last days, many, many are going to fall away. They're going to be so delusioned. They're going to be so deceived. And yet somehow, they do all these signs and all, light all their candles, worship their idols, go to church, do all this. I'm a Christian. Post their posts, write their stuff, all this stuff. And yet their lives are not transformed. There's no transformation. There's nothing new coming from their life. Oh, but Jesus, I love Jesus. How? How? How are you loving him? I've been bought with a price. My life is not my own. How can you say that when you are constant in a state of rebellion towards him? You put everyone before him. You put your own schedule before him. You put your family members, you put this, you put that. Everything is before him. And if I have time for him, I'll show up. Because, this is my favorite, he understands. Understands what? You've made this about you? Oh, now you want us to become legalistic. No, it's not about being legalistic. It's just the reality. I mean, Jesus himself says, Nothing is to come before me. No one. Nothing. No one. And he doesn't say that in an abusive way, like an abusive lover who tries to keep you for himself in a weird, manipulative, abusive, destructive way. No, he says that out of such a love for you to protect you. He knows what you're up against. Because he came. He walked it. He lived it. He conquered it. My God. He walked it. He lived it. He conquered it. Say that this week. He walked it. He lived it. He conquered it. And so why are you still in bed with it? Why are you still yoked up with it? That's why he can look at us and say, if you are going to follow me, pick up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. He's made a way, you all. It's a victorious way. So your Christian life is not a humdrum life. Oh, I gotta give up. Oh, I gotta give up. Oh, I gotta It's this weird thing that people do. And people stay stuck. Well, you know, Jesus. No, I don't know. I don't know that Jesus you're serving. I don't understand that Jesus. Because if I served that Jesus, I wouldn't be here today. That's why you're not here. <laughs> I mean, this is the reality. 
The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your body, with all your strength. That's what you're supposed to be doing. That's how you're supposed to be growing. That's how you're supposed to be moving. And so you don't beat yourself up when you see that there's, I came to Jesus, but I still have all the issues. Yeah, he knows that. I know that. We know that. But you're growing, you're maturing, you're not stopping. Your growth is going to be stunted. You just keep moving. And so you don't beat yourself up. You don't hide it. Oh, when do they find out? No, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. My God, Jesus called me out. He's already exposed it. He's already yanked it out. Because I've had to humble myself because I saw it in me first. So it doesn't matter what you think of me. Because I know what he thinks of me. And I've died to myself. I'm alive in Christ. And yet I may not know the fullness of how to walk in this, but I am getting up each day and I'm purposing. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. And so when I see the selfishness, when I see the the laziness, the unproductiveness, I can't tell you. That's why I love the Bible. You just love the Bible? The Bible tells believers, if you don't work, you don't eat. Mm. Oh, but that's not Jesus. Oh, no, that is. Want to be a part, but don't want to contribute. What kind of nonsense? Well, I'm a Christian. No, you're not. No, you're not. Doesn't even make sense. The lost contributes more. No. You're supposed to be productive. I'm a Christian. I'm I'm a Christian, but yet you're not a good steward when you're at work. You're not productive. You're just there ching for the pay. Well, isn't that what I'm supposed to go to work for? Oh, you foolish, foolish, foolish mortal. Grow up. Walk in the Spirit. Everything you do, you do it as a representative of Christ. I'm not sure what that looks like. Then grow in it. Don't beat yourself up. Ask. Get discipled. Figure it out. I used to do it this way. This way I don't do it. I used to... Still at this little, I don't steal that way anymore. I'm productive. I used to try to get out early or come in late or I, I do this or I do that. I'm just going to do enough just to get by. When no one else seems to be working as hard as I do, get your eyes off everyone else and look at Jesus. Because maybe those who ain't working as hard as you do need someone to be an example to them. <laughs> See, there's a way to move. As you're out and about driving, as you're going into stores, as you're just moving in and out. Wherever, you're, wherever your feet are going, to represent Christ. But it's not easy. And who said it was going to be? It's going to be the hardest walk you've ever had. But Jesus says, be of good cheer while you're doing it. Because I've already conquered it. I've already done it. And if you abide in me, you remain in me, you depend on me via the Holy Spirit in you, if you're truly born again, oh, you'll be able to. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to, just like the great cloud of witness that we're surrounded by. Mm -hmm. They did it in their generation. Mm -hmm. What excuse do we have that we're not? I mean, people, we got to wake up. we got to wake up. we got to wake up. I said, this year I'm going to live. I don't want to keep rolling around with people. 
I don't want to keep, uh-uh, I, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> Jesus, you all. Jesus. He's the author and he's the giver of life. And no one can live this for you. My faith isn't getting you moving. You have to choose this day whom you're going to serve. You have to choose every single moment of every single hour. You've got to move forward. You've got to start growing in wisdom and discernment and knowledge. You've got to start saying, no, my life is no longer my own. I'm not making those same choices. I'm not making those same decisions. I'm not reacting how I used to be. I don't care how I physically feel, mentally feel, emotionally feel. That is not what I'm basing my life on. I'm basing my life on Christ. Sometimes you just have to get loud with yourself. Sometimes you just got to snatch yourself back and say, hey, 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 wait a minute. I need to remind you. You're nailed to his cross. You're not leading me. But I like it. So what? You used to. But that's not what you like anymore. It's not what you're doing anymore. It's not where you're going anymore. Why are you yanking Christ into these conversations that you all want to be having? But I'm a representative of Christ. Where? How? When? I was bought with a price. And you truly value that? Then why is your feet going there? Why are you picking that up? Why are you touching that? Why are you taking all that in? Well, come on, you know. We're only human. We have to experience the human experience. Oh, okay. Live that way. <laughs> Live your temporal experience and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you're making a mockery of the one who has called you out of it. Again, I can't stress it enough, you all. You take this word, you lay it over your last week, this morning, even as you're sitting here. And are you conforming to him? See, I don't have to stand up here and Tell you, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this and that. Because once we make it that you got to, then it becomes about you. But when you erase all of that, and you say, oh, but there's freedom in Christ. The reason I do these things is because I'm free. And I want to enjoy these things that he gives me. And these things that in which he calls me to, to grow in, these spiritual disciplines, to let go of the things that have yoked me and kept me from his presence and from the fullness of a life lived well. Oh no, it's not that I got to. Oh no, I desire to. <laughs> I desire to lay it down. I, I freely... Give it up. I see. When I tell you, again, years ago, after Christ revealed himself to me, and I couldn't figure out, like, what's going on? This is me. Remember I told you the prayer, I always pray, you know, how then now shall I live? You know, when I realized, like, I, I can't do this. Like, I'm not measuring up. Like, you know, oh, and then, you know, you hear, oh, God, to hate you. And, you know, all just all this weird stuff that tries just to keep you. And finally, when I realized, wait a minute. I'm doing this to myself. 
So when you just come freely to God, you say, God, you know the mess that I am. And he says, no, what I know is the mess that you were. Because yeah. now you're in me. Mm -hmm. And now I want you to know who you are now. So come take this journey. Come walk with me. Come abide in me. Come. Come to know me. And as you know me, you'll begin to know you. How I formed you. How I created you. How I purposed you. How I planned for you. How I've longed to see you reflect me. Because it's all about me. It's all for him. My life is not my own. Your life is not your own. Everything that we say and do points to Christ from here. If you're truly a Christian, everything you say and do from here on until you take your last breath is to point to Christ. That's the standard. So again, it's not about beating yourself up and getting this twisted, weird, schizophrenic, chaotic way. It's just the reality. You look past, your, in the past week, I like to do it daily, throughout the day, at night, kind of just going through, okay, Lord, you know, and, and kind of just uh, laying the truth over my life and saying, oh, and, and again, and just being real. Ooh, oh, I see that. Or maybe there's things and I go, wow, well, how did I get here? How did I get to this thought process? And then he'll remind me, well, remember I told you two days ago to take it captive? Mm -hmm. But you kind of just dismissed it because you got caught up in your day. Mm -hmm. But now you see the fruit of how that thought then began to produce in your life. See, you, if you don't start living this out, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. You're missing out. And I go, oh, yeah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, I thank you that you give me the weapons of my warfare to demolish strongholds. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to have to keep, continue with that thought. Father, I want to take it captive. I want to pull it down underneath your lordship. And I'm going to replace it with what is true, with what is right, with what is of value. You see, just as much effort as you put in to live your temporal life, because trust me, we put in a lot of effort. You all might understand that. It takes effort to conjure up all those thoughts in your head to lead you to the attitude you have. I mean, that's just a react. Can we just be honest? You stay stuck. You stay codependent. You stay broken, busted, rejected. You stay prideful, arrogant, manipulative, lying, bound by lust, bound by this, bound by that. And you work hard for it. And all of a sudden, you come to Christ and you're like, oh, I just can't do it. I just can't be. No, it's not going to be lived in that state, in your state of being. That's why you have to be born again. Yes. Of the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of flesh, they war against each other. You start moving in your flesh, boom, you're going to run into that. Like, oh, wait, what? And the Spirit of God is like, no, you're not supposed to be going that way. But you keep pushing, he'll step aside. You want it, you go. But you're going to bear the fruit of it. Yes. The consequences of it. 
Like, see, he's not going to force us. Love is displayed by true submission. Submission that is not forced. Forced submission is not love. That's control. That's abuse. True love. The, true, the, the essence of true love. As I lay it down for the one that I love. And even beautiful, I'm not even expecting anything back. Because my life is yours. I'm not going to demand of him. Oh no. He's done enough. But because I know his character, he'll take care of me. That I'm assured of. He is faithful because he's not man that he should lie. There's no greater love than him. I've been rejoicing in that all week. I said, Lord, thank you. You know, you go through life, oh yeah, I love, I love. And we just use that term so loosely with relationships, blah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Conjure all this stuff up. But the true love of God, to step in mm-hmm. and say, come this way, and I've got you now. I'm like, oh. What can compare? Who can compare to that? Mm-hmm. And so, oh, we must wake up. Oh, we must wake up. Oh, we must wake up. There's work to be done. Mm-hmm. And so, as you're growing, as you're maturing, then your, your mindset will begin to change. Because again, how the Bible tells us, how does He transform us by changing the way we think? It's work, you all. It's application. It's sustained effort. <laughs> it's not with a divided heart. There's a lot of people sitting around today and somehow, someway conjuring up that they're saved and again, yet, they have not surrendered. They don't understand the concept of being purchased and recognizing that when he says, your life is not your own, he means it. He's the same God as he was then, as he is now, and as he will be. He does not excuse rebellion. Never will. Never has. It's not happening. So you can conjure up all you want. Why you feel okay in your rebellion. And you've only just deceived yourself. And then you say, but I'm always going to sin. Okay, okay, but sin is not always going to be your master. That's the difference. Unless you keep trying to be perfect. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Don't say I'm never going to say I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Christ is the perfect, sinless, spotless lamb. We're not perfected till we're with him. But that nature that drove us to sin, guess what, y'all? Unless you haven't realized it's power over you, it's influence over you, well, actually it's ownership over you is no more because you've been purchased by Christ. Sin is no longer your master. Has no rights to you. 
has no hold on you. Because you belong to your new master. Mm. Belong to Jesus. And his mastering over you is not abusive. Mm. It's loving. It's kind. It's patient. It keeps no records of wrong. It doesn't get easily offended. He's not easily to get anger. He's slow to anger. <clears throat> His love does discipline, though. Because a love that doesn't discipline really isn't love. Because in that discipline, he's guarding that which you have entrusted to him. Your life. Your soul. And even that, he knew. <laughs> because you were elected. To be saved. Because of Christ. It all comes back to him. So I really hope you understand. This is what you're warring up against. Every single day. Every single moment. And listen, we got to start gearing up for battle, you all. Start dressing in the armor. Start getting in step with other soldiers of Christ. Start understanding, oh, there's a way in which we're called to live. And there's a way to... To maneuver through this craziness world, through this delusional world. I don't have to give in to that delusion. I don't have to give in to any of that. I don't have to serve the lesser gods. Because my eyes are on the God. I belong to him. My life is no longer my own. You need to start saying that to yourself before you go and do. Before you go and think. Give thoughts to your thoughts. Because as you think, so you go. And you give up, people are going to think I'm strange, and Are you pleasing man? Or are you pleasing God? Well, everything about me is going to change. Uh, and what is it about you that you really want to hold on to? Because all of that is leading you to death. Well, I don't believe all of that. Because you see, God is giving me this life He wants me to enjoy, blah, blah, blah. And yes, He does. But not living the way you're doing in total rebellion towards him. You just mentioning that shows that you don't understand the fullness of life that is found in Christ. Because lest you forget, you're calling God then a liar. Yeah. You say, what do you mean? Well, remember Jesus says, I've come to give you life. And life, and life, and life in the scraps. <laughs> no, in the abundance. And then you think what you can do with your life and your feelings and I like this, this is just me, it's just me, it's just me, it's just what I do. And you think that is life? <sighs> no, I don't want to because I really want... <sighs> Again, listen to yourself. You're demanding the destruction of your own very soul. Because you refuse to give up rights. So that's why as a Christian, when you do trip up with sin, 
and you're down in it, and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, Rob, you don't belong there. What are you doing? And you go, what? Huh? Oh, oh, God. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I have the waller around? <laughs> oh, no. But I also don't make light of it. There is a sincere regret and remorse. Oh, God, yes, 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 yes. God, forgive me. Oh, Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> thank you that your word says that I can throw off the sin that so easily entangles me and I can continue to persevere. You see, the sin that tripped you up back here is not going to be the same sin that's going to trip you up up here. See, you're going to continue to grow. You're going to continue to mature. You're going to continue. So it's not like you're going to stay in this weird, vicious cycle. And you say, but in this right now, I'm in this cycle. I seem to be doing okay, and then I seem to be falling. I seem to be doing okay, but it's the same thing over and over. And I feel like Paul, when he says, I'm going to do right, but I don't do right, and I don't do this. And then we just stay on that, stuck on that scripture, as if somehow we're elevating that to be what that scripture is supposed to mean. But the reality, that's not what scripture is supposed to mean because it's pointing you onward into the scripture that follows it then when Paul stands up who will wretched man who will deliver me Jesus you go huh Jesus so we all will experience that but we all not to be Stuck there. Come out from among them, Jesus says. You see, when I noticed and I knew him to be a great God, when I realized that my life is not my own, I'm not going to be doing these things any longer. I need to unyoke myself from the lesser gods that I serve. I'm free from the control of the darkness that bound me. I'm free from the addictions. I'm free from all of it. How do I live now? And listen, I had no church around me, you all. All I had was my gay lover in TBN. I love me some Jan. Jan. Even though she crazy, even yeah. though she crazy, and that, even though that network taught demonic de- de- demons, doctrines of demons. Blessed be the God. Let me tell you, the little bit of truth that was coming from it was penetrating my heart. And then all of a sudden, when I saw these teachings that were being taught, I was like, uh, I don't want to watch them anymore. Uh, I, see, I no one had to tell me it was wrong. Just the word of God. It wasn't lining up. Because I was reading this myself. I was getting in here myself. I was asking you, depending upon the Holy Spirit, show me, show me, show me how I'm supposed to live. <laughs> and so I was beginning, the discernment started sharpening. So when I would hear things, I was like, oh, nope, 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 rip up all their stuff, rip up all their stuff. I don't want to listen to that stuff anymore. <laughs> and I just started putting stuff into practice. That's why Rich could look at me and say, I don't even know who you're becoming. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who you are. You're becoming a better man. Like this God 
that you've given yourself to, like he's eventually going to take you away. And I would say, oh, no, no, he understands. But no, no, eventually he did. Because eventually that became an issue. No, we got to deal with that now, Rob. And I fought it. You're the devil. That's the devil speaking, trying to take my life. No, I'm happy. I'm content. Look how happy I am now. Look, blah, blah, blah. You know, you just see all these things. And I did. And I shut my journals. I stopped writing. I put my Bible aside. No, no, I stopped. Stopped my seeking and praying. Like, no, no, that's the devil speaking, trying to disrupt my life. And you'll see in my journal, my journal stops. If you ever look at my journals, you'll see that day it stops. And then it went for a while until I picked it up and began to repent. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. I stopped listening to you. I said your voice was the devil. And then you begin to see this pinning of this man just pouring out his heart. No one had to tell me. No one was in my face. No, I had that my whole life. No, it was just the Holy Spirit. It was just Jesus just reminding me like, no, you belong to me. Like, that's, you're mine now. You're mine now. And this is a good thing. Where do I go? What do I do? Who I will be? This is all I know. This is all I want. What is all of this? All of it enslaved you. But Rob, I'm talking about freedom. Trust me. Do you trust him today, you all? Do you trust him with your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people, boom, the day they trust everything changes and all of a sudden they're like, wow, great. But that's far from few, you all. It's a process. But even saying that, don't let your temporal mind grab on that and say, well, see, it's a process. It's going to take me longer. Listen, stop it. You know the games you're playing. And he won't be played. Mm-mm. He's the ultimate winner. <laughs> he wins. So I'm just trying to encourage us. I'm just trying to really like get us like, come on you all. This year we got to press in. I don't know if you look at the condition of the world. That you're so blinded by all your little... Day-to-day, hour-to-hour distractions, but you better wake up to the reality of what's going on. Because the day and what you have now, at some point or another, you're going to wake up in a world that you don't even know. And you're going to go, how did this happen? Why did I get here? Because it's happening. And it's just not here, around the world. And delusion is rising. And deception is rising. Darkness, darkness, and the level of darkness, the greatest darkness you've ever thought or could possibly imagine is falling. And yet, Jesus says, do not fear. Because I've called you, I've prepared you for this. I've got you. I'm going to use you. You're going to be my tool, my instrument. Like I said last week, all of a sudden, this filthy vessel, this vessel, me, who was just bound by God knows what. I mean, just, it was horrible. Most of y'all don't even know the depths of where I've been and what I've done. 
But this vessel of filth has been remolded and shaped to be a vessel, not because of me, but because of him. Mm-hmm. And now it's of truth and of righteousness, of light. The same for you. And so why are we putting on all different masks when we're around all different types of people? You gotta be you know you gotta start being consistent. Start there. Just start being no, I'm I'm sorry. I, I can't. What? No, I I'm committed to following Jesus. You're one of those people? Yep, I am. And I wear that as a badge of honor. I'm okay with that. Do what you want. Go walk upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation. I know that sin crouches at my door and its desires to master me, but he tells me I must learn to master it. So I don't know what game you're playing, but I'm not playing. I want to be attentive in this hour because the dreams I've been having for over family members over life, over things to come, the signs that he's showing. You say, when is it going to happen? Oh, I don't know when. Mm -hmm. But it's coming. So prepare. 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 What do you mean, how do we prepare? Get in Christ. He's your ark. Those who are in Christ, when that floodgate opens of the hell that's coming, oh, you'll be protected. You may have to endure some trials and some tribulations, some persecutions, but guess what? Consider that joy, my brethren. Because you're persecuted for his sake, not for your own. Get over yourself. That's why I keep telling you we can't keep doing church the way we've done church. We can't. Because how then were you going to be equipped for what's coming? And it's not because I have this prophetic ear. I just have the word. And the word then points to what I see all around. And he says, you will recognize the signs of the times. I don't need a prophetic voice or ear or, you know, some person to stand up and speak. Though it's great, if God wants to use a mouthpiece to speak, great. But I'm looking here first. I'm looking here first. And when I can see the signs, I go, oh my. What's coming? We don't have time just to play games with people pretending that they're saved when they're not. We don't have time just to, you know, just keep bowing down to their little gods and their lesser gods just in hopes. Because I just want to keep things comfortable. Okay, well, you keep living you. (laughs) But you're going to be uncomfortable around me. Because I don't want to do it anymore. 
I don't want to do it. So I've been praying, and I didn't get to this last Sunday. But we're going to get to it today. Second Timothy is where we're heading. Because we're to be the people of God, doing the will of God, for the glory of God. So we may just be able to finish Second Timothy. <laughs> yeah, the whole chapter, or the whole book, or the whole letter. Because <sighs> I've been praying, as I've been thinking, I'm like, man, God, His Word is alive and active. Again, this is the living Word. This is what pierces the heart to the depths of the soul. <laughs> and I said, wow, the encouragement that Paul, the man of God, the Apostle Paul, called of God, chosen by God, elected by God, yet though before God, was a murderer. Thought he was with God, well educated in Scripture. <laughs> Again, unless you think I'm kidding you, the enemy will use this for your destruction. Now remember what Jesus said to the disciples about the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These men of God, these righteous men of God of the hour, leading God's people. They weren't leading God's people. They were enslaving God's people. And Jesus shows up and they look and they go, He's here. We must do away with him. He was a threat. Not only to them, but to their father. The devil. Finally, when Jesus was able to tell them, oh, no, no. Your sons, your children of the devil. But they knew word they knew the rich history. They knew the promises of the Messiah. They knew it all. And they tried their hardest to live right. Tried their hardest to live right. And yet, they were wrong. They were wrong. Don't touch this. Don't eat this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Oh, my goodness. Over here. Over here. Oh, they pump themselves. This is who Paul was before Christ. Very religious man. Very well scholared man. In fact, when the church was birthed, yes, round up those Christians. Let's stop this heresy. Shut them down. Shut them up. And then as he's on his way, 
knocks him off the horse. <laughs> it's me, Paul, Jesus, the one whom you're persecuting. Now get up. Blinds him. <laughs> That's a this is the God that we say that we're serving, and you've just been flippant all week about him. Karen and I have been talking a lot about how he transported. Oh, goodness, yes. Philip. Yes. Sitting with the eunuch in a carriage, talking about Jesus. Get out, baptize him. And then the Bible says, boom, God picked him up and moved him on. Transported him. <laughs> Space and time. <laughs> to another region. That's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Jesus walks through walls. And somehow you serve a little God. Somehow you serve a little God. Oh, oh Jesus. You gotta wake up. He's a great God. You gotta start encouraging yourself. There ain't no one gonna do it for you. Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. This is who you are? What? And you say, well, I don't know about that. Okay, well, do you believe you're part of the Red Sea? Do you understand how the Jewish people, and Carrie, we didn't get into this type of conversation. Carrie and I have been having some deep conversation because I challenged her a while back, and she's diving in and going deep. <laughs> but I didn't, get, I didn't go further in this conversation with you. But back in the days, the Jews hate water, the sea. Terrified. But yet God made them walk through it. <laughs> and listen, those waters were calm. <laughs> you understand the force that those people had to walk through to get through to the other side. Do you believe God did that? Then what on earth did you live the way you lived this week? He's a great God. Mm. He's great. He's mighty. <clears throat> Jesus, Jesus, hurry, Lazarus is dying. The one you are, Jesus, Jesus, hurry. I'll be there. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we be, shouldn't we? we'll get there. And finally, oh, Jesus, you would have been here. Where have you laid him? Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> Untie him. This is the God in whom you say, you serve, whom you laid your life down, who purchased you, who now owns you, masters you. And then you ask yourself, what did you give into this week? Why did you give into it? Again, it's not to uh, shame, blame, game. Blah. 
the reality. Was, oh God, I don't see you for how great you are. Help me, Holy Spirit. I want to see your greatness. I want to know your greatness. Because then nothing will compare to that. They want to throw this little trivial stuff at me. Ah! They want to do this, and they want to do that. Ah! Your mind wants to think this, that, and you go, no, no, no. No more. I don't know if you're understanding what I'm saying today. Paul is in prison when he writes this letter to Timothy. To encourage Timothy. But as we're reading this, I want you to hear it as if it was a letter to you. To encourage you in the calling that Christ has upon your life. He has no favorites. What he does for them, or for her, or for him, he'll do for you. We're gifted differently. But he's using us to accomplish his purpose. Ultimately, for his glory, for his honor. And so when you're standing in the mirror in the morning, or if you have to pull yourself in the bathroom and look in the mirror throughout the day, like I do at times, and you say, oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Get yourself together. Mm-hmm. You belong to Christ. So you, who have been nailed to his cross, that's where you're going back. Yeah. No. Not happening. But you got to start. Walk by faith. Well, I'll live it when I see it. Well, then you'll never live it. Do you believe? Because blessed are those who believe and have not seen. This letter is from Paul. Chosen by the will of God. And I want you to start hungering for truth. What was spoken of Paul is spoken of you if you're truly in Christ. You can have confidence to be able to open up a letter, to open up an email, to draft, or be to begin a conversation. I've been chosen by the will of God. Because you didn't start this yourself. You see, we're all representatives. We're all called to speak. We're all called to share. Everything we say and do, we do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no ins and outs. There's no gray. Mm -hmm. To be an apostle of Christ Jesus, I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. That's the calling. You have been sent out, you, if you're a Christian, Unless you think it's when, oh, I'm a Christian, I can just come and go as I feel it's necessary. 
No, that's not a Christian life, you all. <clears throat> a Christian life. I have been sent out to tell others about the life He, God, has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I'm writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Oh, how you how are you talking to each other of the in the faith? How are you speaking to each other? Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience. I love that. I love that. I love that portion of scripture. I love to pray that. That God, I want to be able to serve others and to serve ultimately you with a clear conscience. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful prayer. See the little nuggets you can pull out. Because there's things you do and you do it in the name of Christ. But you know good and well you've done something that you all not to have done. Mm-hmm. You've done manipulated a situation. You didn't try to control something. You didn't try to this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that. <laughs> But you want to slap Jesus' name on it. You know how many times I counsel people? Well, God has said. And I perk up. What? And I'll take inventory. But you know what? By the time they get up from that conversation, what God said, they're doing the opposite. And the time later, when I'm sitting back down, they got all the reasons and excuses. They don't got a clear conscience, you all. I've been there. You've been there. But what a beautiful prayer. It's just what I'm trying to show you. I say that I go down these rabbit trails in hopes to encourage you in your faith. How do I practically apply this? But what a beautiful prayer to be able to pray so short. You don't have to, you don't have to take 30 days to memorize. You don't have to write it out 12 times. I can just pray. Oh God, may I serve you and others with a clear conscience. He goes on, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Oh, what encouragement that must have been to Timothy to hear that. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. I will be, if I end, I will be filled with joy when we are together again. That's the love, man, that is displayed amongst the Christian community. And yet, and yet today, you will find in the Christian community barely anyone really wanting to connect. Well, I'm busy. I've got this. I've got to do that. I've got to this. I've got to be over here. I've got to do this. What? You're moving away? Okay, see ya. And yet these people were being scattered left and right. They're weeping over each other. They're longing to be back together. The joy that it brings. The hope that it brings. The community that was formed. Oh, we're going to see... Some disruption. Don't worry, it's coming. Paul's going to address some things with others. <laughs> but that's beautiful. To see this 
beautiful picture of this brotherhood. Of these relationships. All because of Christ. And he goes further. I remember your genuine faith. And I wonder what people would say of you. What they would write of me. I remember your genuine faith. For you shared the faith that first filled your... I'm sorry. The faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. Look look what was imparted to this young man at a young age. From these women that were overseers of his life. It's beautiful. You don't understand. You say, well, it doesn't seem to help. They seem to be doing worse things. It doesn't matter. You remain consistent. You keep pouring in. You keep living for Christ. This is why I remind you. Interesting. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. Mm -hmm. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline. What was Timothy going through? What message did Paul receive Concerning Timothy. Paul is saying, remember. Remember. Remember how faith was grounded in you. It continues strong in you. That is why I want to remind you, Timothy, fan the flame. The spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands upon you. Because understand this and remember this, Timothy, as it is for us today. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. And timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline. So in a day and age when fear, panic, anxiety, the pressures of life, the uncertainty of life, the unknown is coming. Fan into flames. The spiritual gifts. And then I ask you, do you even know your spiritual gifts? Do you know? How are you doing growing and maturing in them? How are you doing growing and maturing in spiritual disciplines? And you say, well, you're not going to be able to stand. You're outside of the ark. You're outside of Christ. No, you've got to press in. You've got to get in. Fan them. Don't neglect them. 
And remember, God is not giving you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Y'all understand, you have self-control because of Christ. You know the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, gentleness, long-suffering, all of that. You have. You say, well, no, I don't see. Well, okay. No, you have access. It's all there. Oh, God, if you would just give me death. If he has. Fan it into flames. Begin to walk in it. Begin to grow in it. Unless you make him out to be a liar. The fruit of the Spirit. That's why I keep telling you when, I, when I've counseled or when I share with people, like, if God would just take it away, God would just do He already has. You have the wrong image of God. He already has. So now walk by faith in it. Start saying no instead of constantly saying yes. Stop returning back to your vomit and lapping it up and then complaining about it. No, get up and stop returning and move forward. Well, I don't know what it's going to look like. Who does? But I can tell you this. If you're trusting in Christ, he'll make a way. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Do you understand the persecution that was going on at that time? Do you understand life for Christians was not easy? <laughs> Nor should it ever, ever have been. I'm talking about deception. Shh. Build your churches. Shh. Be known as a Christian nation. It's just all collapsing from within. Jesus, help us. Help us, Lord. Christian life is never meant to be easy. Never was. We're not of this world. We don't belong to this world. We're not to adapt to the culture. We don't change the message to make them feel comfortable. No, the gospel offends. Yes. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either. Even though I'm in prison for him. Mm -hmm. Hey, Timothy, you know that guy Paul? You're, you know, he's the one who laid hands on you. Well, it seems like his life isn't going that well. <laughs> he must not be a god. He's always in prison. Something's always happening to him. Must be hidden sin in his life. What we say about people. Well, it doesn't seem much is going on with him. Doesn't seem like he can get his ministry off and running. Something must be wrong with him, Timothy. So don't be ashamed of me either. Even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer. Wait, Paul, hold on. Come on, write me another letter. No, he says, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. 
for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was His plan from, the, from before the beginning of time. God, I hope you get it. God, I hope you get up from this place today and you go, God, I've never seen you in this manner before in my life. God, I'm ready. My life is not my own. I've been purchased. And it's not because you deserved it. It's because God, that was His plan from before the beginning of time. To show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life. And immortality. Through the good news. And why haven't you shared it? What have you done this week? What are you going to do this week coming up? Why aren't you sharing the good news? Well, I'm just going to go around this way with it. I'm going to play it differently. Fool. Fool. Do you understand? I'm going to take it easy. And I'll come out of that way. Well, I see them going to church. I see them. I see their posts. I see the writing. I see. Look, God is working in their life. Well, have you got between them and what they keep going back to to remind them of how God is working in their life? This is not where you belong. Stop making a mockery of the one who has called you out. Turn back to God. Go His way. This is good news. This isn't bad news. This is good news. <laughs> he broke the power of death. Oh my goodness. And illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. That is why I'm suffering here in prison. But I'm not ashamed of it. For I know the one to whom I trust. And I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Oh, the confidence that you can have in Christ. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me. A pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. How are we doing with that? How are you guarding the precious truth that has been entrusted to you? He says, as you know, everyone from the province of Asia 
has deserted me. Even Philogus and Amongenus, however you pronounce these guys' names, they gone too. <laughs> May the Lord show special kindness to Onanophorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ Jesus' return. And you know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. That's where your strength comes from, you all. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Do you understand the multiplication that should be happening amongst the church community? And as that multiplication, as everyone is sharing this good news, the gospel of Jesus, remember to endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers, don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then, they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes, cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Yes. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. Listen to that. Always remember. Mm. Always remember. That's why I've always encouraged you. Preach the gospel to yourself. Every single day, unless you just want to make him common. Unless he's just some uncommon God and these were just made up stories. No, no, no. We better know to whom we belong to, you all. Always remember that Jesus Christ, the descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is, a, this is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news. I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But, praise be to God, the word of God cannot be chained. Yes. Oh, you can chain me up. Mm -hmm. But you can't change the word. You can't chain it up. And you realize the good news of Jesus is not a popular message. The true gospel in and of itself offends. It irritates people. It irritates authorities. It irritates people who want to continue on in the temporalness of this life. They're set and bent on destruction. And unfortunately, that's the majority. So don't consider it strange when people, your family members... People you used to hang around want nothing else to do with you. So many times people look and it, it's you pulling away. No, no, no. Listen, if you're truly walking a Christian life, they'll pull away from you. You don't have to worry about it. 
Just live your life. Stop catering. Stop bowing down. You're going to suffer. You may even be chained up. You may be beaten. You may be spat upon. You may lose your job. You may not be able to eat. You may lose your property. You may be chased out. But don't give up. Don't grow in despair. And be anxious for nothing. Because God will supply. Amen. Paul said, they can chain me up. And I'm suffering. He did. He did. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't pretend everything was kosher. Oh no, he's suffering. Do you understand? He's in prison. He is suffering. He is experiencing the physical, the mental, the emotional, everything of what it means to suffer. But it does not destroy him. His faith is solid. His eyes. Are fixed. Unless we forget what we heard back in chapter, I mean, verse 12. That is why I'm suffering here in prison, but I'm not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust. And I'm sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Well, see, there's a way to live, you all, as a Christian. There's a way to start believing and start acting. There's a way you need to start just moving and understanding. It's all for him. Paul's not writing in, in an arrogant manner of himself. He's pointing to Jesus constantly. He's pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus. His return, his return, his return. I entrusted him with everything. He's not man that he shall lie. He'll take care. And if I have to endure this, so I shall. For the sake of others being saved. My God. I got church if I can't. And we get so flippant about Christianity. The word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Mm -hmm. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. Remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, Jesus. I'm, only going to be able to, I'm just going to finish chapter 2. We'll have to pick up the rest of it next week. So we've just got a little bit more of chapter 2. Lest you miss out what was just read. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus for those God has chosen. God knows who belongs to him. 
He knows who's going to turn and those who won't. Mm. And listen, I know from just from just my years of just looking around, seasons I've been in, what hinders us from truly sharing the gospel, having a passion to see souls saved for his kingdom, That's why you're not weeping over your loved ones. Oh, I cry over them. No, your soulish tears mean nothing. Cry, cry, cry all you want. means nothing. Have you wept for their souls? Have you been brought down by the Spirit of God? To truly intercede? Pray for so-and-so, pray for so-and-so. Okay, great. Not your flippant prayers. But have you grown in prayer? Do you understand what it means to intercede? Do you understand the God in whom has elected you, has called you out, who has entrusted you, has given you bold confidence and access to his throne that you can come boldly into his presence? On behalf, oh Father, please, have you prayed, you all? Have you kept asking, kept seeking, kept knocking? Are you just so busy with everything in life? Shh, it's all okay. We all end up in heaven. I'm telling you all, if our eyes aren't open soon, if our eyes are not open soon, remind everyone about these things and command them, not suggest, well, if they want to do it. (laughs) No, no, command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin who are those who hear them? All this disgruntledness, all this chaos, all this brouhaha that's always happening in the churches. Because people are so easily offended. They just want to keep running amok in their flesh. They don't want to contribute. They're just mouthy, mouthy, lazy, no good, unproductive. And somehow we're all just supposed to sit along with them and smile along with them. Praise be to God, brother. Praise be to God, sister. And they're sowing seeds that only are going to grow up weeds that's going to choke out life. What are we doing? So let's conclude our time together. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. 
Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hermonius and Philitus. They have left the path of truth. You know those two guys who used to be among us? Huh, they've left. They left the path of truth. What they want thought is not what they think any longer. Because look what they say now. Claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred in this way. They have turned some people away from the faith. <clears throat> Doctrines of demons, you all. The level is increasing upon this earth. And people are turning. People are turning. But I love what he says here. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His. Praise be to God. And all who belong to the Lord must, must turn away from evil. It's not a suggestion. It's not when you feel comfortable or when you feel prepared or when you think it's your season. I'm, it's my season now. You must, you must put it down, let it go. Stop that talk, stop the thought, stop the action, stop the taking in. Be holy, set apart to be used of God in this hour and this generation. No, I just don't feel it. Oh God, it's not based on your feeling. Get before God, get real. He loves you. He's called you. He's elected you. He's purposed you. Start living for God. Believe in God. The wholeness of Him. Shatter the, de the, the, the delusion and the deception that you believed upon Him and about yourself. And start engaging in the reality that all of this is real. All of it. What part do you think is false? That's the question to ask yourself. The way you live this week. The decisions that you made. Where you're heading this week coming up. If you're not submitting to Christ. Learning of Christ. Being led by the Holy Spirit. Being transformed. Then somehow, someway, you're saying he's a liar. He's not God. He's not great. I'll use what I want of him. Just to get me through the temporalness of my life. And the dreams I had last night about death and the death that's coming. God help the people who are about to suffer. Very breath being choked out of them. And we want to play church. We want to play church. We just want to lay up. I mean, people are facing some crazy stuff. And they will even announce from their mouth the hope that a believer has, and yet they're not a believer. And somehow they think, I'm okay. I'm okay. God's got me. Oh, he has you all right. He has your number. Mm -hmm. He knows all about you. 
how sad when you breathe your last. I'm not going to paint it pretty for you. Mm. The suffering that's coming because you refused him. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His. And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. I love this picture that he writes. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made with wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. And the church should say, Amen. I want to be that. I want to be that special utensil. I want to walk upright. I want to remain clean. I don't want to just put on a facade when I'm with some people. But when I'm by myself, I'm different. I don't want my thoughts to be one way. Oh yeah, praise God, praise God. Oh yeah, hallelujah, yes, brother, yes. And, uh-huh. and then you run out and you're running amok with everyone and anyone. You're lying, you're manipulating. My God, stop it. Bound by insecurities. Seeking all this junk. And then your facial expression shows what you're living. Soured up. Your body language shows it. Listen, we all suffer. Stand up. Look up. Enough's enough. I'm tired of it. I'm going to bring it all up and lay it all down. And everyone's supposed to just feel it with you. No! Get up! Get moving! Wake up! The hour is urgent. Listen to what Scripture is saying. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run. Run. Not walk and, you know, gaze here and there. No, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living. Faithful, faithfulness, love, and peace. That's what you should be pursuing, you all. Well, I don't know what that looks like. Learn. You want to know the first step? Stop doing what you did. Do the opposite. There you go. There's your practical step for today. In Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, as He leads your life, stop doing what you did and start doing the opposite. Run from it. Well, you know, ha ha, it's cute, it's funny. No, 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 it's destroying people. Mm. It's destroying people. Pursue righteous living. Right standing, you all, with God. Not living condemned, shame, blame. No, just righteous. I can stand upright, not because of my own doing, but because of Christ. The confidence that I have in Christ. Not the confidence that I have in Rob. The confidence I have in Christ. 
You've begun this work. You initiated it. You are the one who can complete it. <laughs> and I love this. Enjoy the companionships of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. That's what I'm seeking. I said, God, let's build a community. And let's have a companionship. Let's have a community of people who are called of the Lord Amen. with pure hearts. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what you did this morning, what you did yesterday. Do you love God? Do you want to grow? You want to mature? You want to serve? You want to be prepared for what's coming? Then come on then. I don't care what you're going to do tomorrow. Do you love the Lord? Be quick to repent. Throw it off. Bring it out into the light. Stop hiding in the dark with it. Get up. But don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. Because there's others who have been called that we need to get along with, to connect with, to see them come and join a community of believers. And enjoy doing life together. The good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, arrogant arguments that only start fights. Mm. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. And listen, be kind to everyone. Don't use that. Where you're like, well, you know, I'm so hard. <laughs> listen, stop it. If people have got to be direct with you, that is kindness. <laughs> that is love. The heart behind it is to see you grow. To see you move forward. If that's not the heart, if that's not the intent of them coming to you, that is not kindness. Then you're right. But when you hear this, this is how you should be living be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Seek Him, you all. Be used of Him. Know your audience. Know who you're speaking to. can speak and I can share and I can and I can come along Shay in one way. I can be bold in her face. She may feel uncomfortable. She may be like, oh, but she knows I love her. She knows good and well. Like him coming across kind of boom in my face. He's not being mean. He's not being destructive. He's not, no. That's actually being gentle because he didn't hit me. <laughs> I would never hit her. I'll smack her mouth, but never hit her. But if I'm out on the street and I just meet someone, I'm not going to approach that person the same way I would approach someone I'm already in relationship with. Demanding them to do right. What kind of nonsense would that be? You know, huh? What? They don't know me. So you build relationships with people. Know your audience. Know who you're speaking to. I'll speak to one person. How am I going to share the next person? But the bottom line, it's still being shared. The gospel is not being neglected. 
You're just learning where people are at. You're using discernment. Ah. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you on how to direct conversations. But it's the gospel being presented. It's not you making up ways. I said earlier, I'm going to go around this side. I'm going to go around this. I'm gonna do that. That's not what I'm talking about. Doing that way, what I said earlier, is you trying to manipulate the situation so that you are not uncomfortable sharing the gospel with someone. What I'm talking about, you're sharing the gospel. You're holding out truth. But you know your audience. Jesus knew his audience. Right? The woman at the well. The woman caught in adultery. He knew his audience. When he stepped in, he had to begin to flip over tables and get the whip out. He knew his audience. Father's the devil. And yet, he humbled and he washed the feet of the disciples. He knew his audience. Know your audience, you all. So that you can live this out. Because ultimately, perhaps, God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. That is the reason why you do what you do for the glory of God. Ultimately, for the salvation of others. Then they will come to their senses and escape the devil's trap. Now, God, I, I got to stop, Michelle. I got I to gotta end this. I'll be here for a while. Did you not just see that? God don't let your eyes just quickly in your ears, quickly hear that, and then just go. Then they will come to their senses and, and escape. Highlight that word. Circle it. From the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. And you... Just got in the way. Do you understand? You were just used as an instrument of God Almighty. The author and the giver of life. To do a sneak attack in to the enemy's camp. And set a captive free. And you don't think the enemy's going to go, what did what just happen? And you want to be flipping about your Christianity. You don't have to be scared of the enemy. You don't have to cower down. You don't have to be aloof about him. There's a word we learned on Friday night. But he's real. You're no match. For him. But Christ in you, you don't have to worry. See, you ought to start getting motivated enough saying, Lord, who's next? Who's on my path today, Father? I don't know how you're praying. I don't know what you're doing with your Christianity. I really don't. You say, Well, I'm not. Well, then something is wrong with your Christianity. It's all about souls. It's all for the glory of God. 
It's all for eternity. You have been pulled out of darkness. You have escaped the control over the, the enemy has over you. Because someone was bold enough to come into your life and to point you to Jesus. Because you were elected by God to know God. He's made a way. And so why would you neglect him and think somehow he'll be okay with you? Well, I'm elected. I don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. I'm secured. Oh, okay. Believe that if you want. So I'm telling you now, we got to wake up. we got to wake up. we got to wake up. <clears throat> there is a all-out war for the souls of mankind. And I hope that this has encouraged you this day to get up, to say no more. This is how great my God is. <laughs> and God, if you have called me to this, God, if you have entrusted this to me, then God, let me serve you and others with a clear conscience. Holy Spirit, equip me. Give me insight and understanding. Bring me to a place of intercession and praying. Let me not even once look at me or myself or point to me as if I've done anything. But I want to be that special utensil, Lord. <laughs> I want to be that good soldier, Father, who's attentive to the leading of his leading officer. I don't want to get tangled up in the civilian affairs of this temporal world. No, no. There are souls to save from the kingdom of darkness. So help me, Father. To be able to gird up my loins. Help me be able to stand and stand there for then, knowing God that nothing in all creation can overtake your throne. Because you are the living God, the only God, the true God, the great God. I'm going to close this with a song of worship, and then I'll close this in prayer. Jesus.
chose to die of sin's death. How sacred, how selfless, how precious. The blood, the blood, the blood, so gracious.